Welcome back to the Successful Practitioner Podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and together we are going to explore what it takes to build your vision of success as a health professional. Today, I am joined by the lovely Haley Stathis. Haley is a nutritionist, naturopath, and health coach who helps health and wellness practitioners to create the online business of their dreams. Thank you so much for joining me today, lovely one. Thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me. We've been talking about doing this for a while, haven't we? Being, Absolutely. Um, being and, together on the podcast. And for those who who haven't come across Haley before, I do share a lot of her stuff because a lot of the time we're talking behind the scenes, looking for ways to collaborate because we really do share a lot of common philosophies and approaches. And I'm actually really excited to dive into, you know, sort of your backstory and get to know how you ended up here, because I know my my own journey was a little bit, a uh, little bit loopy and messy. So I'm sure it's going to be the same for you. Um, so I just wanted to start off with how did you start on your journey to becoming a practitioner in the first place? Yeah, cool. Good question. So I, like a lot of people, um, this was not my first rodeo um, outside of high, finished high school, traveled a little bit. And then my first uh, degree was in communications and marketing. So I studied for three years. I worked in agencies while I did that in Sydney and London and lived the glamorous lifestyle of a publicist and marketing agency. Uh, I was going to swear then a, a a girl who did all the things her clients needed her to do to promote their products and worked in um, lifestyle PR. So all the fun stuff like champagne brands and wine and restaurants and events and all those sorts of glamorous things. And I was in my 20s and I loved it, but very quickly became burnt out. So it's that classic corporate warrior story who then realizes that this is not how you know, you want to lead your life. And I also could see my colleagues around me feeling the same way that I was and their health was deteriorating. And we were women in our twenties, like, you know, most, I think the eldest lady in our office was probably approaching 40. So we were young women who were really starting to fray at the seams. I'd always been really interested in nutrition. One of my friends gave me, I wish I had the book with me, actually it's downstairs packed up still, but it's, um, it's by two British nutritionists and it's called The Food Doctor, I believe. Um, and it's really just, it was my first understanding of food as medicine because it went through the ingredients in foods, like things like antioxidants and all those sorts of vitamins and minerals. And it told me what those things did in our bodies. And I had that book for years and I used to make salads for everyone in the office and check Sally's salad and say, hey, you need some protein in there, girlfriend. Don't you know that that's why you're craving sweets later in the afternoon? <laughs> so I always naturally wanted to share the information I had around nutrition. Uh, and then eventually one thing led to another and I had the outline for the degree program open on my computer. And I think I just made the decision that, you know what, it's now or never. I think I'll take the leap and uh, went back to study. Awesome. And obviously, you've got a few qualifications under your belt as well. Um, so did you sort of add health coaching on a little bit later after you'd studied naturopathy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did um, nutrition first and then wanted to play with herbs. So I stayed there and extended on like many of us do and added um, uh, naturopathy to my skill set. And then when I when I opened my first clinic on my own and I started to see clients one-on-one -on -one and realized that there was a real gap in 
what happened when I gave them all the great advice and told them what to do and then them going off into the wilderness to actually do the thing that I'd asked them to do. And so I realised, and especially I was working a lot with women in weight loss, not because that was intentional at the time, it just was who was walking into my clinic. Uh, so I started to craft programs um, around weight loss and supporting them with that problem. And I, there was a gap. Like I needed to learn how to coach these women to, you know, put into place what I was asking them to do and then get over things like the self-sabotage that would happen or the, um, you know, the emotional eating or how do they handle cravings? Because I guess for anyone that works in that weight loss space, we're fighting against the diet culture. And I didn't want to contribute to that. I wanted to help them truly transform. Uh, and I could also see that health coaches were having a lot of success, particularly in the online world, which back then in, I don't know, 2009 2010 was look I mean the internet had been around but it was not what it is today and I really wanted to have an online business so I could see that coaching was a, a way to sort of flesh out programs and give clients more support them more um so yes went back and I'm just you, you're the same Sam it's always learning always wanting to learn new skills improve our offerings help people that little bit more Absolutely. We're both, we're both eternal students. And, and back then I'm pretty sure that was the first real big wave of like IIN graduates where yes. a whole lot of people were studying online to become health coaches. And because that um, course had so much in it, that was like from the people who I know who have studied it, they've turned around and said, yeah, about half of the course was actually about marketing, running an online business and all of that. Yeah. And that's why they they saw that massive boom and success because they were being taught how to get their name out there, how to build their reputation. Um, whereas a lot of us who actually go through degrees, there's, there's nowhere near that amount of information in our degrees about how to actually come out the other side and run a business, which is what 100%. a lot of us go into. Um, and I guess when you did first start out, you know, you sort of mentioned you were working with clients who just, they were the ones that just came in the door. Um, but did you have any real idea of what you wanted to do or did you have a vague idea or were you pretty sure about what you wanted and you just weren't sure how to get there? Look, probably all of the above. Can I, can I tick that box? Of course think, you can. <laughs> I think looking back in hindsight, when I first came out of uni and look, I worked in health food stores and did sort of, you know, um, dispensary work and acute care consultations. And that was amazing. Once I got into clinic, um, no, I didn't really know because I'd never really thought about it. I'd never been asked to even think about it. I think we did a business plan at uni. It was one subject on how to run a business and it was rubbish um, <laughs> <laughs> to put it politely. I knew, I guess, I wanted to be successful. I knew that I wanted, I mean, I didn't leave behind a very promising career in PR and marketing when my boss, God love him, every time, um, you know, get to the end of the day, are you sure you want to leave? Can I offer you another $10,000? Can I? And I was like, <laughs> whoa, buddy, you can't afford that. Like you should run this by the, the rest of the, the people in this bit. Like, so, you know, I could have stayed there and had success, but I didn't want to be part of that industry I wanted to be part of, of health and nutrition so I knew I wanted to be successful but I didn't really have a plan of how that would happen look I had my I knew I had marketing knowledge but the marketing that I learned was very different to marketing health and your own business too you know it ha I had to really 
dig deep a lot of the times to promote myself. I'd always been able to promote other people's businesses and other products. So it's a real mindset challenge to suddenly realize, oh, I'm my product, I'm my brand. Ooh, that's a bit confronting. How do I now effectively market my services? So, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really have a clear plan. It developed as time went on. And I think what developed, for those of you listening who are new to practice or you're you know, newly graduating, I think you learn what you don't want to do really quickly, you know, and you start to then move in a direction away from that and you start to learn what else is possible out there and think, oh, yeah, I think I want a bit of that. So how do I then go about moving towards that way of working? Absolutely. And I think that's why podcasts like this and, of course, the wonderful Nutrition Grad Guide with Shana Sapi are so important in terms of resources for new practitioners because back when you and I graduated, all we knew that we could do is go out, get a clinic room, see clients for eight hours a day, go home, get up, do it all over again. And that is just simply not the case. But we weren't really told back when we were studying that there were so many options out there. You know, we pretty much had clinic or becoming a tutor or supervisor yeah. or working, you know, with, with the supplement companies that, uh, or in a health food store. That was pretty much the scope of what we could do as practitioners. And there is so much more out there these days. Um, so just from there, what was that real turning point for you where you started to really change how you ran your business? Because where you started, you know, being in a clinic and all of that is very different to where you are today. Yeah. So I guess the evolution of my clinical practice, um, I needed to find a new way of working with two young kids who are a lot younger at that point in time. Um, my own health started to deteriorate. What I thought was just ongoing adrenal fatigue and burnout turned out to be Hashimoto's. So I needed to really manage my time better so that I wasn't working in practice five days a week and then trying to you know do all the business stuff on the weekends. I really needed to claw back my own time. So I looked at uh, launching programs and then groups. So I really loved the idea of working one-to-many with still making sure that my clients were getting that really high level of service. So I hired coaches actually in the personal training world, which is strange, but I could see this particular company having great success helping personal trainers move into group coaching and having group um, PT studios. And so I hired them to help me nut out. Would I look back now and think, why was I struggling so much with doing this? It's so easy. Um, but at the time I was just like, oh, how do I, how do I do that? How do I make that leap from one-on-one to, to group? And is one-on-one better? Surely that's what we've been told. The most premium way to work with people is one-on-one. So hiring a coach to help me through that process was really, really important. And now I teach that to other practitioners too. I, you know, I've walked that path. I understand how hard it can seem sometimes. But um, so yeah, getting help in that way to change the way that I did my practice and then COVID happened so all those little parts that weren't online needed to be pulled online and at the same time I decided I really wanted to help other practitioners so it was really I guess it wasn't a thought out process it was more people saying how are you doing groups how are you but how but how how do you do that you've got what if you've got 10 people in front of you on a call how do you support them all and they wanted to know the how um 
And so I decided, look, what if I package something up and I taught you my method, which one thing led to another. And, you know, here I am today with my, my um, coaching practice and my mastermind. Um, before that, I had been helping practitioners. I would package up all of my previous programs, marketing, and I created a, a little side hustle of a done-for-you content business, so my workshops uh, and some programs. So that was already happening on the side. Um, so it was really just kind of that natural progression of, you know what, I've always wanted to do to help other practitioners. I, I think I always loved the business side of having a practice more than the actual helping clients with their health. And once I realized that, and I felt very, very guilty about that for a long time, I was like, oh, but I should be loving working with my clients on their health more. And I was like, no, I love learning about, you know, developing my marketing skills more. And I love designing my website and I love all of that online business stuff. Um, and again, it was another coach I was working with. So if you have a coach, you move forward faster. And this particular lady, Victoria, said to me, why are you not coaching other practitioners? Like you have all of these skills. You've done what they want to do. You've got this marketing background. Why are you not doing this? And my answer was like, because other people already are. <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not going to fly. So I, I just hired her for a year and I thought, damn, I paid this money. I better just do what she says. Otherwise, that's stupid. So I did and it just took off and yeah, you know, as they say, the rest is history. So it was a, it was a good decision. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing because I think that happens a lot. I'd certainly one of my big mindset blocks whenever I develop something new. And the thing is, is that there's very little out there that is going to be new. Even if you don't see someone doing what you're thinking about doing, they're probably out there. You just haven't tripped across them in yeah. your sort of circle yet. And you know, we have so many fantastic people out there who do their thing, but they're not going to be a perfect fit for everyone who needs that level of help. And that's the same with practitioners. The amount of people that I hear saying, I really love women's health and fertility, but there's so many naturopaths that help with that. And I'm sitting there going, but is infertility still an issue? Yes. Yeah. Is every woman in the world supported in her women's health issues? No. Well, that means that's probably going to be a gap where you can step in and help people. Hundred percent. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's it's one of my favorite rants, and I'm sure you've been on it a few times as well. Yeah. But yeah. but as with a lot of mindset issues, you know, it's one thing to to tell someone that, and it's another to experience it yourself and sort of work through those things and be like, okay, so you know, what is that? You know, what's underneath that? Why is it that I feel like I can't do that just because someone else is doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing about this podcast is that we like to get real and we like to get gritty and we like to dive down into the niggles. So I will ask you, what has been your biggest failure as a practitioner? Good question. It's like in the back in the corporate world when you go for a job interview, which I have fortunately never had to, haven't been for one for many, many years. It's all oh, that, you know, dressing up and being asked these hard questions <laughs> and where you're like, my biggest failure, I work too hard. <laughs> I am too I good live, at what I do. I will live in the office. No, um, it's, it's a hard question to ask, isn't it? But I think my biggest failure is in the earlier days, taking too long to launch something. Yeah, or taking, you know, too long to 
put something out there because I was so worried about it having to be perfect or would anyone like it or what if it fails? Whereas in hindsight, I look back and I think, no, the biggest learnings I've had and what's moved my business, both my clinical practice and my coaching business forward is just taking that action, learning from it and refining things. So I think, yeah, it's really about, you know, not faffing around. I, I wasted probably five years, I think, where I could have been working in the way that I wanted, but I didn't because it seemed too hard. I was too worried about failing or having it be perfect. And also it was just easier to wake up every day and just keep doing it the way I'd been doing it. Cause, oh, well, I'm, you know, at least I know how this works better the devil, you know, mm. and really that's not growing. So yeah, I think that would be, that would be it. Yeah. And I know you're a bit of a perfectionist and so am I. So I do just want to let everyone know who is listening just because you are a perfectionist doesn't mean that that's going to stop you from taking action. Both Haley and I were very much like that to begin with. And then we really embraced that, that uh, I guess, philosophy of fail often, fail fast and learn from it and put that into place because the faster you try something and fail at it, the faster you can actually implement, okay, what did I learn from this? What went wrong? How can I fix it? You know, and sometimes you've done something that that isn't great. You know, you've you've missed out a part of your launch. You haven't warmed up your audience, whatever it is. And sometimes it's just wrong wrong timing. You know, it's just the wrong hmm. fit for you. Um, you know, and and you look at all of the big entrepreneurs. They all fail constantly. You know, Richard Branson has so many failed arms, a virgin, and he doesn't sit there crying into his cup of tea at night being like, oh, virgin cola didn't take off. He sits there going, okay, what can I do next? Yeah, yeah, definitely a good good message. Yeah, and that ties in beautifully to what does your version of success look like and feel like for you? Oh, you know, I'm still working on it, but I think my version of success is one, knowing that I've already got it, you know, and really reminding myself that I'm here already. You know, success isn't something that's out in the future. I will become more and more and more successful, but I've got success now. And just really being grateful for the moment and not always, and I say this a lot to my practitioner clients too, is celebrate those small wins and really look back and think how far you've come rather than always focusing out thinking that the future is out there in front of us because if you're doing that you're missing out on all the joy that comes with it you know if if it's it's that whole cliche of you know life is not a destination it's the journey enjoying that journey and really being in the moment so I sorry thought I turned that off that's all right um I I know when I'm in alignment, things feel easy and calm and it's flow. I find, and and I feel successful in that way. The opposite of success to me, regardless of the money in the bank account, the opposite of success is if I'm hating my business, I'm feeling tired, I'm hustling, I'm pushing too hard, links don't work, things get broken. That sort of, I know if I slip into that, I'm like, oh, okay bit of self-care, bit of recalibration, get back into alignment. So I think, yeah, I, th- I think it's just about, it, it's about the feeling. It's how you feel 
really, as opposed to any sort of tangible financial or, you know, thing that you have. It's just waking up every day and being excited to, to do the work that you're doing. I think that's, that's success. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely why we talk about success on here, because for someone, you know, making $2,000 a month from the comfort of their own home is an absolute game changer. You know, they might have a kid at home, they might be managing their own health, but for someone else, they're looking more for 10,000, 20,000, or it might even be, the people that you're working with, you know, as as you said, you love group work. Some people love one-on-one work and that's fine. And for them, they would rather be seeing 20 clients a week, whereas you would rather be seeing 200 clients in your group program. So there's always going to be different levels of what success looks like for you. And it's also going to always be that sort of that step of you reach a goal And then you set the next one. But it is really important to take that moment in between. Otherwise, you are always going to be hustling and grinding to get to the next goal. If you don't look around and go, oh, wow, I just, you know, sold out my first program. I hit my goal of five signups, 10 signups, whatever it is. How awesome is that? I'm going to go and get a massage. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being like, okay, well, I got 10 people. Now I'm going to have to try and get 20 in the next round. How can I do that? And you sit down and you grind at your computer. It's just, it's not a sustainable way to live. And it's also not that philosophy of, you know, we want our businesses to support our lives, not vice versa. Mm, Absolutely. We we were talking about a similar thing on um, this morning's coaching call in my mastermind. And someone was sort of saying, oh, you know, I, I got only one person registered for my first round of my webinar. So, and then started to go into, you know, all the other parts of that story. And I was like, Hey, hang on a minute. You got one person like that's success. Did they stay till the end? Yeah. She really loved it. And, you know, she wants me to email her the details of my program. I'm like, well, we're only doing this to ever reach one person at a time. I think it it ties in a lot to that worrying what other people will think and, you know, social media, you know, I, I try not to look at my insights too much, which I know, Sam, you might be horrified. It's kind of anti-marketing, but the number of likes or shares or engagement you get on a post doesn't necessarily reflect that it was successful or it doesn't really tell the story about that one person that might have seen whatever content or advice you put out on socials who burst into tears because that's what she needed to hear at that moment in time. So I think if we can just think about our mission as opposed to success and goals sometimes, you know, like just show up to reach one person to help shift one person's thought process around their health and maybe just be that tiny little seed of, you know, encouragement that they need to take that next step to improve their health and well-being. And you may never know, you may never get financial gain from that, but if you consistently keep showing up with that mindset, you're going to get the financial gain eventually. You know, we don't do it for the the 4,000 views on our reel. We do it because we're like, you know what? This is my mission. I'm just going to keep showing up, sharing what I know, showing people how they can work with me. And it naturally will start to grow and build from there. Absolutely. And to be fair, I've seen both sides of the story, both as a business owner, but also as someone who's just hanging out on Instagram. I am a lurker. I've realized this. I am a lurker. I have to really, <laughs> <Facebook> like, <laughs> I, I, I consciously have to think, 
oh, I want to interact with this to support this person because Mm -hmm. I love what they do. But there are people who I've never liked more than about half a dozen of their posts on Instagram. And I've invested four plus figures into into what they offer. And I am sitting there watching every single story and I am actioning what they share. And I've had the same happen in my business where I've had someone message me on Facebook and turn around and said, Sam, can I have your 12 blog package? And I'm sitting there going, sure, who the hell are you? Yeah. I've never seen your name before in my life. Yeah. But you've built up enough that you are investing four figures into my my business because you've obviously seen me on Facebook, you've seen me in the groups, wherever it was. And that was enough to build up that trust and for her to realize that I was the right fit for her. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in the early days of my, um, the clinic I had here in Newcastle, you know, you kind of, you're in there, you're busy, you're, you're doing your socials, you're putting stuff out there, clients are coming in, you're just kind of, you know, in the zone working in your business. And you, you don't realize the impact that what you put out sometimes has. Like you say, if someone doesn't like it or comment, you don't really know what impact you've had. And I remember Chris, my husband went downstairs, there was a a bank branch underneath where my clinic was and he had to get a loan or something happening, sort out something with the bank. And the the teller was like, oh, oh, and your wife's a director on the company too. What's her name? He said, oh, Hayley Stathis. And she was like, oh, Hayley Stathis, the naturopath. I follow her on Instagram. I watch all of her. Oh my God, she blah, blah, blah. And just started repeating back my the messages I'd been conveying to him. And he was like, you got your number one fan downstairs. How funny is that? And I was like, oh my God, I'm like famous to one person. But it was a real reminder that, and she never, I mean, I, look, I did close my practice. Maybe she would have worked with me later on, but she never actually became a paying client, but I helped her, you know? And it's like goosebump material, like, that's what we're here to do. Yes, we can be gazillionaires and really financially abundantly successful if that's what we desire, but we won't get that unless we have that real mission of helping people. And everybody listening to this, if, if you're a health practitioner, that's how we start out, right, is we just want to help people. So I don't even know where this rant is going, Sam, but I think if we tie it back into social media, it's, it's about showing up with that mindset. Don't worry about yourself, what you'll look like, what people will think. Think of that bank teller, that one person that needs to hear whatever it is you're saying and just share that consistently every day. Yeah, because you never know whose life you're changing. They could be on the other side of the world. They could be the shyest person. They could be someone who doesn't know how to use social media particularly well, Mm. but that doesn't mean that you're not making a difference. And the more difference that we make, the more that we're achieving sort of our bigger goal of making the world a healthier place. Mm. Well, actually that ties in beautifully with what is one message that you want to share today with all of the aspiring practitioners and students out there? Okay. And I know you, so I know that one might be hard. So one or or two. I'll cram a few in there. I'll sandwich them together. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll I'll share this by telling a story and you've got the scoop because it's actually a story I I haven't shared publicly uh, and it's a little bit embarrassing, but I'm going to share it. So when I was just, just a, not just a naturopath, it sounds terrible. When I, that was the only business I had was my, my naturopathy clinic. And I had a, a, actually I had Carla Wren was running her, the Tay Mosaic training 
And she made an announcement that was the last she was going to do for a while because her kids were sick of her gallivanting all over the country and they wanted her at home. Uh, and so it involved me coming up with the money to pay for Vitae Mosaic and the airfare to Melbourne and accommodation. My brother lives there, but I thought, no, I want to stay in the city. And I was like, right, I don't have that cash laying around. How am I going to make this happen? And so I asked myself the question, what would it take? Which is something I had learned at the time. And I now it's one of my favorite questions. What would it take for me to manifest? I think I needed, I don't know, maybe $2,000 all up or 3,000, whatever I decided is the, the sum I needed. So I was like, what would it take? What would it take? I was like, oh, what if, what if I packaged up some of my workshops for other prackies and they could download them and use them in their own business. Maybe that, maybe that would get me the money. I was like, oh, probably not. And I had to run to a gym class and I had 10 minutes and it was very early in about 6 a.m. in the morning. And I also had to go to the toilet. Okay, this is the embarrassing part. And I was like, shit. And I was like, you know what? I was so determined, Sam, to make my clinic a success because I the other option was going back to the corporate world to do some marketing part-time. And I just, with two kids, I just didn't want to do that. I was like, I'm going to make this new clinic a success. So on the toilet, with my sneakers on and my training gear, I went into Tammy's Nat Hub. God bless her in that group. She's just the best thing ever that has happened to our profession. <laughs> and I posted a, a message that said, hey, guys, didn't tell them I was on the toilet. Um, just wondering if I packaged up all of my workshops and you could brand them as your own and, you know, use them in your business to help promote it and sell them and whatever, who would be interested? And then post. I don't even know what picture I put up. I put some kind of picture and off I went to my hour long gym class, got home, had breakfast, got the kids off to school and daycare. And it wasn't until about 9.30, I caught up with another practitioner, Carly McKeon, who's a really good friend of mine. And Carly's like, have you checked your, have you checked the Facebook post that you just put up in Tammy's group? And I was like, oh gosh, no, it's about three hours ago. I haven't even looked at it. And she's like, uh, you might want to look at that. And there were, just over a hundred practitioners that had said, Oh my God, me, and had literally given me their email addresses on that post. Mm. So then I had a new problem of, Oh crap. Now I need to find a way to, to, you know, give them the link and take their money and do all of that. And I got that done because I had created a, a demand for something that I had. I went in and made them a bit more pretty and, you know, zhuzh them up and, and got it ready but my point is, because the, you, the question you asked me, I think, if I remember, was what advice would I give to, to somebody? Just do it. Just whatever the idea is, don't judge it. Sit on the toilet if you have to, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> Make the offer, okay? Make the offer to the person who has what you need, who needs the, your help to solve their problem. Because you never know what will happen. And if you make the offer, what, like in that situation with me, what would be the worst that could happen? Two people said, yes, well, I probably maybe wouldn't have bothered creating a landing page and doing all of that sort of stuff. But I did that. I got down to Carla's course, which helped my clinical practice immensely, Vitae Mosaic, plug, amazing. <laughs> but I also launched a brand new business, which is what actually has led me here today. So always take action always put an offer out there. Don't judge whether it's good enough or not, because how do you know? You judge by what the market tells you, what the feedback you get. So yeah, just, just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize about 
the people that they're looking up to, you know, the success stories, is that for every big success that we have, for every time that we sell out a program or we get 10 people in a round or whatever it is, there's going to be that one thing that we put out there and there was crickets the and, toilet. And, and we just went, oh, well, <laughs> I, I guess that's just, you know, either it's not the right timing, I haven't packaged it the right way, and we just put it back in the toy box and it can come out again once we figure out what it was. And yeah. it might be that it's something that's not a good fit for us. It's just that we went, that's a problem I want to solve it and not necessarily that's a problem I should be solving because yeah, yeah. there's a big yeah. difference between the things we can help with, with versus what we want to help with, which yeah. is another big one for practitioners and niching. Just mm. because you can help doesn't mean you want to help. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, for every program that I've succeeded with and had, you know, 20, 30, 50 people go through my courses, there's at least three or four that are still sitting there back in the toy box where I might have sold one or I sold none. And that's okay as well. Like that is part of success is yeah. putting stuff out there, seeing if the market goes, yes, we want this. Yes, we need it. And if the demand is there and people go, oh my God, yes, you've just gotten onto a winner and you wouldn't have done that if you hadn't have sat your bum down on that toilet, pulled out your phone and put yeah. a post up. 100%. That's Don't right. worry, I get all of my best ideas either on the shower or on the toilet as well. So something about bathrooms, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's because you just you you're closed off from everything else. There's Quiet. no distractions. It's why I get a lot of ideas when I'm walking the dogs or meditating as well. Yeah. It's because you're giving your brain that space to breathe and think and imagine what if, what would yeah. it take for me to action this cool new thing. Yeah. And I think too, like the other side of that story I told about the the idea that I, you know, put that post out, I had a reason. It wasn't just, I want to help practitioners be successful, which I always have done and I, I still do. But I had a personal reason why I, I made that offer, which was I need to get to this course because I want my clinic to be successful. So I think if you can't find the motivation from wanting to help the client do something, it's actually okay to find the motivation in your business for why you're doing it for yourself. You know, we can have goals of we want to help clients to be healthy and, and to solve whatever problem they have, but we also have goals in our businesses. Well, I want a successful business because I want to take my family to Hawaii or a big one for me up until fairly recently was I want to buy a big, beautiful home. Right. I was like, God damn, I'm going to do what it takes to make this work and help as many people as I need so that I can realize these goals for my own life. So really digging into the two whys of, of why you have a business of the people you want to help and your mission to, to serve the world and you know, leave the world a better place than when you came into it. And also the life that you want to lead and the goals that you have for your own personal life as well. Absolutely. And having those two there means that when things do pop up, you know, if you do have a bad day with a client or if something does go wrong at home, you've got that second why to back you up. So when one why sort of gets a little fuzzy or you get a little burnt out and you're a little unmotivated, you've got another one to fall back on to keep you upright and to keep you moving towards your goals. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I've just got one last question for you. Could you share a little bit more about how you are now helping practitioners to follow in your footsteps of success? Yes. So I have uh, my flagship program is a mastermind. It's the Package and Prosper Mastermind. And that program is designed for practitioners that want to create a signature program and launch an online business. Uh, which these days is really relevant. Um, There's a lot of practitioners who um, find themselves in a situation where online is perhaps the only way that they want to go. And rather than just doing telehealth and one-on-one and that traditional style of um, practicing online, I teach a hybrid method. So using all of the benefits of what online can offer us and our clients and packaging that up so that you have a business that is easy to run. It feels really light and fluid and it's exciting because it allows you to be able to scale working smarter not harder. Uh, I also have a lot of done for you content and programs so you know if you want to launch a 12-week program don't start from scratch check out what I have and make it a lot easier for yourself and brand it and, and use it as a starting point and there's a lot more exciting stuff in the pipeline which I'm not allowed to share right now but um If people want to jump into my free group, Prosperous Practitioner, so it's a Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Prosperous Practitioner, which I'm sure will be in the show notes. I'm very glad I remembered the URL though. Um, (laughs) But yeah, inside Prosperous Practitioner, I do regular free trainings on all sorts of um, online marketing and business and mindset. So lots of good stuff in there. Um, Sam's in there a lot. We often have guest speakers uh yeah that oh, just we start- should we should do a joint facebook live in there sometime. oh there's so i know we've got the, we've got so many we need to go back through our messenger conversations over the last like five years sam go, oh we <laughs> said we do this we said we do this we said we do we should do all these things <laughs> let's let's make it happen because yeah. that's the beautiful thing about both our businesses is that we have that flexibility in there yeah 100 percent. love what you do sam and just um love that uh yeah, you're still doing it too. I think it's your consistency supporting other practitioners is really to be commended because I think you're a you're a stayer. You're not going anywhere. Um, I don't think either of us are going anywhere. No, it's no. too much fun. It is. And we love working with the people. And we are like proud little mamas. Every time we see one of our clients absolutely skyrocket, get to that aha moment, whatever it is that is their version of success when they get that first taste of it, we are sitting there on the top, on the sidelines, wiping away little tears of pride. Mm. And, and that is something that to tie back to what we talked about before with our version of success, that is something that still to this very day, both of us stop and sit there and go, wow, that person has gone. They've taken our advice. They've taken our support and they did it. And we are so proud. So we take that time before we move on to the next person, before we move on to the next program, whatever it is, we sit there going, wow, look at that. We have helped transform, you know, our practitioners often transform health. For us, we're usually transforming businesses. And it's the same level of pride. And you really do, it doesn't matter how many people you work with, you still get that little glow inside when you know that you've helped to make a massive difference in someone's life. Yeah, it's the best feeling. It is so good. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. There's been so many juicy little golden nuggets in here for, for me. Like I'm looking forward to listening back to it and combing back through. And I'm sure that the listeners have really enjoyed it. Um, and I will be leaving all of, all of Haley's details to her, her group, her mastermind, um, all of that sort of thing in the show notes for you, um, as well as anything else that was mentioned throughout. Thank you so much for joining me and I cannot wait to see what is coming up next because now you've got me really excited as to what you're bringing out next. So make sure you guys follow Haley on her socials. She's a good girl and is consistent on her social media. So I'm sure we'll start to see some (laughs) hints dropped very soon as to what she has to offer in 2022. Thanks, Anne. Thanks so much. So much, lovely. 